0: You know, for someone who's struggled with weight their whole life and been very um, self-conscious about that, I'm, I'm now doing yoga in person twice a week, which I would never have done before. So it's it's definitely changed my life.
1: Okay, so welcome to the Quacks and Hypochondriacs podcast. Our job here is to separate quack from fact in the health, fitness, and wellness industry, and occasionally just talk about super odd things. I'm Dr. William Farrow, the founder of BetterHealth.com, and today with me is my amazing, oh my god, absolutely awesome co-host. She's a mother of three. She's super into fitness, if you can't tell by her guns. Erin, show us the guns. Um, She can plank for, I don't know, 47 days straight. She's a news anchor, a film producer. Her husband might say she's an actress at times. and. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, he may say that, not yeah. may, he yeah. does say that. He does
1: say that. <laughs> and she's a self-described hypochondriac. Hi, Erin. How are you today? Hi. <laughs> What's hypochondriac in your world today? What are you afraid of today? Other than the obvious delta variant.
2: Today I am afraid of being um allergic to gluten because I try to stay away from, you know, too much pasta and stuff, but Sunday, I had a cheat day where I ate a ton of pasta and I had felt off. Today's the first day I'm starting to feel normal. Are
1: you getting any uh, skin uh, uh, soreness? No, no
2: skin sores, no. Mm
1: -mm. Okay, so then you're probably good too, go.
2: No, I'm okay, yeah. I'm I'm actually pretty, I've been pretty relaxed. I haven't been a super duper hypochondriac lately.
1: You've been off for a few weeks, haven't you, vacationing?
2: Yeah, so I I guess, you know, vacationing helps with not thinking about your health, but I've been on vacation and now I'm trying to scramble to get the kids back to school. I'm a little bit of, I I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little more of a hypochondriac with my kids right now than me because of COVID and all this chatter I'm hearing about how it's going to be a horrible flu season and a horrible cold season because everyone has been masked up and in quarantine for two years. So I'm a little bit nervous about that.
1: Oh, well, good. Well, let me add to that because- uh, Okay, great. Thank
2: yeah, you. Yeah,
1: we had Dr. Uh, Shah on last week and he informs me that in 2018, 421 food additives were approved by the FDA. Okay. And only two of them had independent studies for safety. <laughs> The rest of them, yep.
3: Oh, Yeah, good.
1: So, you, so you're good. You're good. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's 421 new food additives in 2018. Probably nothing wrong there.
2: Well, I'm going to print them all out and put them in the pantry so when the kids can't find Little Bites or Doritos or Cheetos, they'll know why.
1: Well, you can complain if the food additives that right now, like uh, they just, they got rid of in European Union t- titanium dioxide which
2: I know. I remember we talked about it.
1: And so we will have to complain to the manager at FDA. And to do that, we have a very special episode today and we're calling it kind to Karen. (laughs) Okay. There's
2: no one better to complain.
1: I mean, who among us, everybody's upset. Everybody's there. But if you're a Karen these days, Life has gotten incredibly difficult. In 2020, the slang insult Karen went from an internet meme to literally a cultural touchstone. By July, Karen had logged over 2 million views on dictionary.com, which defines Karen as a pejorative slang term for obnoxious, angry, entitled, and often racist, middle-aged white woman who uses her privilege to get her way or police the behaviors of others. I
2: mean, I'm one letter off. I'm, I'm one letter off.
1: Yeah, you are. You are one letter off. You're only a Karen in um, your mind, I think, right? This is a stereotype that's come out. And with us are two Karens. I mean, I've never known to have two Karens in one place before. So I know we have to get three managers, four managers to, to deal with the Karens that we have. I
2: don't buy I, I don't know. I don't buy it about these Karens. I think that these Karens have... Um, have the ability and the power to sort of buck this, this horrible meme.
1: Absolutely. It's absolutely terrible. So what we want to do is talk about what it's been the year for a life of Karen. So we're going to start first with Karen Kofenauer. Did I say your name right?
3: Uh, Close enough. We pronounce it Kokenauer.
1: Kokenauer, Okay. You were so, so
2: nice about correcting him. I thought you were going to yell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, see, we're we're all on high alert. And you know, and <laughs> so so Karen, what has it been like for you, uh, a Karen in in twenty twenty one?
3: Well, twenty twenty one, you really it hasn't been a lot different. I heard about the the whole Karen phenomenon early, early on, and I have. Uh, I have a large family. I we have 13 grandchildren and one of my granddaughters called me and said, "You know, this is really this is really bad." And she's she's uh, uh, what's the word I want to say for her? She's our activist. She just graduated from UC San Diego just a couple weeks ago. And she's always been an activist. I've always told her, "You need to be an attorney because you love to argue more than anybody I know." <laughs> this is not an argument I I think is worth any value. But for her being in the climate that she was in, it was really distressing to hear people do that because I'm her favorite Nana. And she was like, you can't believe the people, the way they talk. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) Get over it because it's not gonna get any better. And she really struggled with a lot of things and that was one of them. And I just told her, don't, you know, it's not a big deal. But you're not like that. And my son told me that it it took up a whole family uh, dinner evening conversation when it all came out because they were so distressed over it. Nana's not like that. Nana wouldn't appreciate that. You shouldn't say things like that. And I thought, well, if you know me, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But I do hear people say it. And I think I just turn around and I look at him. I'm like, I'm a Karen and I'm not like that.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: And get over it because you know we need to build a bridge here.
1: Well, the, the way we came up with this is so I was looking, I'm always proud of you know our Better Health reviews, and it just struck me that there was like two Karen's in a row. And I said, you know what? We need to highlight this that our Karen's are asking for the manager, but they're being polite, they're inspiring in our in our groups, they're helping other people. So Karen Tuttle, are you there?
0: Yeah, I am. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm curious, just tell me quickly. Have you noticed anything in out there in space of, you know, hearing Karens or is, have you become a joke within your own family? Uh, if you do something wrong, they say stop. You're being a Karen.
0: <laughs> I get it more at work, to be honest. I think everyone at home is used to calling me a Karen, and of course, my mother's like, I I love that name. Of course, she gave it to me, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, yeah, at work, I got it. Like when I first started the job I'm at here, some of my staff kind of snickered, you know, they're like, oh, no, my manager is going to be a Karen. It's like a triple threat or something, (laughs) which was cute. But I always thought it was funny. I knew of it when it was the Internet meme. Of course, it didn't quite make sense because you've got a woman who looks like Kate, right? From John and Kate Plus Eight. But that's Karen. So I, I never really understood it all the way. But it's it's just kind of a funny thing people laugh about now. I now I sometimes joke about unleashing my Karen superpowers, <laughs> where I'll ask for something very nicely, but they're afraid it will escalate. So I just get things quicker. <laughs> so do, you,
2: do you say that your name is Karen before you ask for things? Like do you say, hi. This is uh, my name is Karen, and I'd like a refund. <laughs>
0: I've noticed not not doing that, but like, you know, like writing an email or something to like IT. I need this access on my computer. They're like, here you go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're hey, like
1: Here you go, Karen. Oh,
0: oh. <laughs> what, what is the superpower? So I just kind of laugh about it. You know, the only thing I don't like is the racist connotation that came up in the last year that that's not cool.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say that's a huge generalization.
0: And that's
3: not, I agree. You know, the timing of it when it came out was right after the George Floyd incident. And that was a little bit of a challenge because you're classified as not only aggressive, but also prejudiced. And it, it, I find it very, you know, I did find that offensive.
1: I agree with you. It went, went from, Hey, this is funny. This woman's complaining about something, uh, Uh, target to okay and then also she must be racist so it's like they brought the two together and I'm always about as you know reducing stress in people's lives so I want to take some stress away from some of the Karens out there we're going to start with Karen C I want you to pretend that Erin is the manager and (laughs) I want you to talk to our manager and tell her about your experience with better health
3: okay um I'm
2: listening Karen (laughs) (laughs)
3: I have have had a very good experience with Better Health when I compare that to other programs. And I haven't done a lot of programs, but I did do Weight Watchers and I did a keto program. And certainly the support is there if you want it. But once I reached out to Better Health and once, once I identified that this was a program that I wanted to do then I really did feel the support. I knew that the coaching was very effective and efficient. The accountability became more real to me because then I had another, I had one individual that I could make contact with immediately. And then once I signed up and I started receiving, you know, emails and I received the email from Dr. Farrell with his Cell phone number. It really wasn't a need to make those contacts. It was a uh, comfort level that I was going to have the support that I needed if I needed it, when I needed it. You know, I had no doubt that this was going to work for me. And it wasn't all about weight loss. It was um, being a registered nurse, I've always looked at my health has to come first in order to be able to provide support for other people. So I was in a a deep place that I needed a lot of support to get out from where I was at. The particulars about what was going on had to do with grief and loss, but I was also in a place that took me to a very severe depression and anxiety as a result of the depression, but it was a depression I couldn't pull myself out of. So I was searching and I searched I made an appointment with a new primary care physician because I couldn't take the information that I had that I needed to share with the primary care physician in order to get out of the to help me get out of the depression I couldn't take it to the the physician that I currently had the practice that I was going to so I needed to search out and I did I searched out and I found this doctor and he was great but at the Simultaneously, I was looking for something that I could, you know, really connect into because I needed that support that I was describing. And so I researched. I got onto my health plan, uh, my program, and I searched. There were approximately five wellness programs that I, you know, was looking at that were covered by my program. And so I looked into the details of them, and this one appeared to fit my personal needs based on the health, because I knew that there was something physically off in me that was causing me not to be able to pull out of the depression. Not only the fact that I was isolated at home during COVID, you know, because having 13 grandchildren, nobody wanted to come around my husband and myself because we're the elders and everyone was concerned, you know, what, what if I pick up something and I bring it to Papa and what if I, you know, what if I get Nana sick and she gets Papa sick? So our kids are calling and saying, you know, are you guys doing okay? But they didn't, they didn't see what was actually going on in the household. We were really suffering and struggling and, Both of us needed to do something to figure it out. And for me, it was a matter of I had to do the research. I found out that I I, it made total sense, Erin, that the the gut biodome really controls all of our hormone releases. And you know, those hormones, I knew where they go. You know, being a nurse, you know where the chemicals are supposed to go and what they're supposed to do, but you can't get them there on your own just by saying, okay, well, I'm going to go and eat an apple. That doesn't work. You have to find out what it is that causes that reset. I honestly believe that God put a miracle right there because I asked this physician, I told him, I said "Look, you know, I, I, I really don't want to be on pills. I've, I'm not a pill person. I'm not a medication person. I believe in in food is your health. Food is your wellness. And if you can actually find the right balance for your food, you can be well. So I believe that in my heart. And knowing that I was having aches and pains, I was having depression, I was having anxiety, I knew that that had to be reset. And when I read through all of the materials... I chose better health because of all of those those reasons that I could get some help. The same time, the physician didn't understand what I was explaining to him about the wellness program. He says, well, I'm going to write you a prescription. This will help with depression and anxiety. So I went home and I was a little bit more anxious about it. was still depressed, you know, obviously it wasn't going to instantly go away. I went home and I kind of relaxed and I told my husband, you know, I cried and I said, you know, this isn't fair. You know, I have to take a pill in order to get well. I started the program and this was planned out that I started the program, the Better Health program on Monday. Friday morning, I woke up and I was well, completely well, and I have not had depression. I've had sadness, but I have not had depression and I haven't had anxiety since then. So that's how the program physically has helped us and emotionally. And then I get a lot of support when I'm, you know, when I'm connected with the uh, group on Facebook, I really enjoy that. And I enjoy every once in a while, if I have time, I can put in my little two bits and feel like I'm helping somebody else. So, but I do get help from it as well. I see, I see a lot of helpful information being shared. Aaron,
1: anytime we get, I'm, I'm the general manager here now. <laughs> anytime we we get this type of Karen that wanted to talk to the, the regular manager, you can just bring it to the general manager because I'll take these complaints uh, all day long. And, and Karen, I want you, to, both Karens, I want you to know that I have built an algorithm that when someone fills out a form online and the word Karen comes up, it does automatically send my cell phone an email. Nobody else gets it. It's only the Karens that get it. <laughs> uh, just to make sure that there's no problem. I I, I appreciate you sharing. Okay, Karen, number two, Ms. Miss, Miss Tuttle.
0: Hi. Hi. Um, gosh, that was that was a beautiful story that the other Karen shared. Mine's maybe a little bit different, you know? I've struggled with weight my whole life. The last, I don't know, 10 years or so, I've put on, gosh, it, from what it was, over 100 pounds. So I started off this, not knowing how much I'd weighed. i have been scared to weigh myself for 10 years before I got my scale in the mail, you know, feeling, feeling worse over the, the pandemic. I was still going to work, but it was stressful. And so you wouldn't really eat as well. Maybe you'd have, you know, takeout delivered to yourself or, you know, I'd just be so exhausted because we were short staff. So I was doing extra work, you know, and I didn't eat that bad. Like for as overweight as I was, I wasn't that off. I just, didn't I think know the right things to eat which is what has helped me with this most of the time in my life I've um, you know just struggled to lose weight and when I have it's always been on something like keto or something where I've really had to deny myself a lot of things and kind of um, punish myself so I used to say you know I had to get myself into a frame of mind in order to lose weight I had to hate myself and this was the first diet plan I've ever done where I approached it from loving myself and, you know, the nourishment instead of, um, you know, just going crazy and, you know, starving myself getting, you know, I've had, um, anorexia in the past when I was way younger. So I have having a, an unhealthy relationship with food, I guess. So, you know, I got my scale, I got on it and it was shocking, you know, it was like almost 300 pounds. And, um, so I started on the program like, well, I'm just I'm just going to love myself and eat healthy and see where this goes. You know, I've always thought, well, I've never been able to eat things like fruit and not get overweight. You know, I have to, you know, just eat veggies and that's all I can do. So I really liked that I could eat some of the things that I loved, like like fruit and, you know, yummy salads and other things like that and and lose weight and it just it melted off in the first couple weeks you know it was really quick and I got so much energy in those first few weeks it was like what is this I just I went around I cleaned my whole house everything was neat again that I kind of let slide during the pandemic and um, you know just kind of got got my act together, which was great. Um, you know, for someone who's struggled with weight their whole life and been very, um, self-conscious about that, I'm I'm now doing yoga in person twice a week, which I would never have done before. So it's, it's definitely changed my life. I can do the things I wanted to do. I can go out, I can shop at the mall at the cute trendy stores, you know, (laughs) that's
1: amazing. You you know, it's wonderful. We are so proud of you. I, Thank you.
2: I, I wanna... Sorry, can I just say one thing? I love how you said that um, you decided to do something from a place of, I, I can't, I, I'm not sure what wording you use, but not from a place of hating yourself as a manager that you're confiding in right now. I, I was sort <laughs> of thinking that, you know, instead of thinking about a wellness program as punishing yourself, it needs to be, as you said, nourishing yourself. Because so many people think of, you know, reworking their eating habits and the relationship with food as a form of punishment because they've gotten to a place where they no longer feel good about themselves. So if instead of continuing to punish yourself as you do when you're not eating healthy or having a good relationship with food, you sort of have to change your mindset and say, all right, it's time for me to nourish myself and treat myself better mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking that you're sacrificing something.
1: Yeah. So taking the the racial part out of the Karen stereotype, because as we said, I just don't think the two coexist. When I first saw a Karen complaining to the manager or a Karen getting upset, I saw everybody. I saw our society. We're so over inflamed that inner Karen comes out oftentimes for most people and you see it, I see it walking through. I see people being disruptive. I see people not even, someone else can't even finish a thought because they're so stuck in that fight or flight brain. They can't even let someone actually finish a conversation. Um, you see it on social media makes it worse because they're arguing on Facebook. They don't even know which comment they're arguing back and forth with anymore. Many times they're agreeing on the same point. If they saw each other in the street, they would shoot each other dead. It's because we're so inflamed and so toxic that this is where these things come out. And then we used to be able to have our breakdowns by ourselves. Now everyone's filming our breakdowns and it it, it makes it even worse. And many of us are are right at that tipping point of just losing it all, just breaking down into a puddle because it is stressful. And, And what makes it worse is it looks like we're opulent. It looks like we live in an opulent time. Like if you look at the rest of the world, we get even more upset of ourselves because, like, I have it better than ninety nine percent of the human population. Well, how come I not be happy? But it's because our internal is thrown off. And and Karen Tuttle, I wanted to ask you. You work at the aquarium in the laboratory at Monterey, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And when I look, when I try to explain to people things, I think our oceans. Have microplastic in it. Mm-hmm. So does our belly. If California is on fire because of wildfires and global warming, what do you think is happening internally? Right. This is this is what's happening. I bet at the Monterey Aquarium, you see a lot of people walking around upset. Right. <laughs> Customers. Uh,
3: not. Yeah. But, but
1: like the you know the people are like why isn't this open or you know you see you can see people inflamed you can pick it out. I'm curious. Have you have you and you and have you come across studies and and I'm sure you talk about this, but I don't want to assume anything. But how about the water and the plastic and how it's affecting our our plant life and our you know the, what you're talking about in the aquarium?
0: Yeah, I mean they found microplastics have been in the deepest parts of our ocean, so it's it's everywhere. You know the animals they can eat it, thinking it's other food. I'm sure it causes them gut problems as well. Let alone the fact that they can choke on it or have other other health issues, but, but you're right. You know, you changed the climate, you changed your ecosystem of the world. We've seen the effects. What does it do for our bodies? That's, that's a really good way of looking at it.
1: But it's turning us all
0: into Karens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, and, and last night a woman was, we, you know, I do my Tuesday night zoom call and uh, the woman was speaking and she broke, she just broke. She started on a Monday. She was all set. They went out, She, they left the house, she forgot her food, right? Which should be no big deal, but it is a big deal. It's her first day. She's trying to do everything right and it didn't work out. And, and then she had to eat some, some beef t- tips that she normally doesn't eat. So the next day her stomach was up and she was, she showed up to that call Tuesday night, like feeling like the biggest failure ready to just, and everyone's like, okay, well tomorrow we'll just, Eat better tomorrow. We'll just have a better day tomorrow. And she, like the look on her face was like, she never even thought that was possible because in her mind, she's like, nope, I'm on day one, I'm on day two. I have to do this because we're putting all these external pressures instead of just being able to enjoy life because you're stuck in this fight or flight. And it was beautiful because we unmuted and about 400 people, you know, clapped for her and, and cheered for her. And it's what we all need right now. We don't need the more stereotypes and stereotyping Karens. We're, we're canceling everybody. We're, we're so critical. We need to start loving everybody again. And, and instead of pulling up your cell phone, hand them an apple. <laughs> give them a kombucha. Give them a bottle of water. That's what you should do to somebody in need. Recognize where it's coming from. I have people complain. People call me all the time. Your app sucks. This doesn't work. Your coach was terrible. And I go, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, I get it. You're inflamed. I get it. But you won't be in a few days. You won't be in two more days. So I'm I'm okay with taking that on because I know what the the end result is going to be is another person in this movement that can pass along the kindness and the love that we need. We have to start realizing like this is not a good stereotype. This Karen thing that we keep saying has to stop because it's demonizing everybody, not just the name Karen. We're demonizing everybody in this in this spot.
2: You made a good point when you feel like somebody has is sort of outwardly expressing whatever is going on internally and they're yelling or they're upset or they say something that's insulting instead of getting angry and sort of fighting fire with fire I think that we all have to realize that there are a lot of things happening to all of us behind the scenes and you know unfortunately Social media and this constant feed of, and I hate to use it, but it's really like fake news about other people's lives because no one lives the same life that they put out there, right? Or else no one would put themselves out there. So I think that as a culture, to sort of regain that empathy and realize that, you know, Obviously, there's exceptions, but most of the time when somebody blows up or loses it over something seemingly little or insignificant, there's something pretty significant going on in their lives. And it just takes a second to breathe and realize that you may never know what that something is because they probably won't tell you. But just giving people the benefit of the doubt and realizing that this is just displacement. We don't have that anymore as a community or as a culture or as a country.
1: One of the things that uh, the pandemic took away from me, this may seem a little strange, but so I've probably at least a dozen times or so in my life in the last five or six years, uh, I've witnessed somebody out, coffee shop, restaurant, airport that happened once. I've just always become a student of people and I love to take in people and I just love being around people. But there's been a few times in my life where <clears throat> one recently happened at a Starbucks and this was, this was during the pandemic, which is shocking. But every once in a while, I just see somebody and I could just feel it on them and I just put my hand on this guy's shoulder. I said, hey man, how you doing? <laughs> he's, like, not, he's like, I'm not good. And I was like, I, I feel that. And I just hugged him and he sobbed. The guy was just like sobbing. And um people are looking at us, you know, crazy. And that's happened a few other times in my life. And it just is like, gosh, if you really just get out of your own head this second, just if you could just pick up your set a second and go out and look around. There's so many opportunities to connect and help somebody else. And you know, it's also not as altruistic as it seems, it makes you feel great, right? Mm-hmm. That you're like you're getting a release at the same time. And we, and this, this pandemic has made us all fist bump and, and, you know, like it's made it even worse because it's separating us even further physically. Yeah. Um, and so uh, anyway, I don't know why, where I was going
3: with that, but.
2: It's okay. Macy will make you feel better.
3: <laughs> I I had a comment on that because I've always been a, a hugger. I hug people. I hug my grandchildren. I hug people hello and I hug people goodbye at church. And during the pandemic, we've all identified that we can't really hug as easily. There's just not that comfort level of hugging. When you reach out and you do that, you're thinking you're going to offend someone. So you really do, you know, you pull yourself back. Like I found myself pulling back from a lot of things, even my own grandchildren, because they would come up, you know, and my own kids, they would come up and, you know, stand, stand feet, feet away from me. This is last year during, you know, when it was really frightening for everyone. And they would just stand like three feet away or further. And there was always this arm's reach. It Very, very strange. And then you can't really identify with people on the internet. You can't even online when you're talking to someone online you don't get that same sense of person so you know it's really important that we recognize that everybody is going through it and everyone is struggling with all of these things
2: I, I think it's a good point and back and sort of back to the program and what it does for you as an individual right now with everything going on with covid and with, politics and arguments over the vaccination and whatever it is, right? There's always a polarizing topic where people take sides, right? Everybody's spewing vitriol and they're not listening. And it's all about this side versus the other side. When I really think that a lot of what people are expressing is their own frustration or own toxicity, but they're using this like obscure topic or this generalized topic right to take out or express their anger or frustration with what's going on in their own lives anyway my point is is that if everyone would just stop leaning on these topics like these divisive topics and spewing all their stuff out on each other Take a second and reflect on what you need as a person, which is what Karen's, both Karens did, right? I need, I need, I need a reset. So this program is going to be my tool for a reset. And however I feel physically is just a reflection of how I feel internally once I get started. And then you can start being kinder and more empathetic and more compassionate. and think less about being right and more about being content. At least that's as your manager. That's at least what I'm getting <laughs> taking away from what you're saying, your your feedback.
1: Well when I when I see people come in and they say, you know, I want help, I see the opportunity of all right, you're coming in here thinking I'm giving you help, but you're just about to help like hundreds of hundreds of other people. Your success, this is the indirect Uh, network effect, this is the direct network effect, the data network effect happening is that because now you're on here spending your time sharing your story, you've now just powered other people, knowing that you have the people to to keep you going the right direction and power into that source. And if we're aware of it, I think Aaron, your, your point is 100% is that we're getting stuck in the polarization because it seems like the one we can anchor to oh well, there's a right or wrong to this because we have nothing else to anchor to. Now we can actually anchor to a group in a community that are okay with the gray area. That's why it's called Better Health and Not Perfect Health. We're okay with the gray area, and we have the most amazing array of Karens. <laughs> we have the Karen culture, the new Karen culture. The, we're, we're changing it. We are going to flip the script on what a Karen means, recognize the beautiful person that Karen is. And getting the barriers to her expression, because Karens are not bad. We all have that tendency. Thank
3: you for that. I am. Uh, it goes back to we all do care about each other. It's a matter of how do you care, and how you know you do have to care about yourself first. And that was one of the things that I did recognize, because as I said, I was in that place where I didn't. I was trying to figure out what what is the, what's the purpose of life right now, and I had not been. There before maybe back in, in uh, you know nine eleven, I went through a period of time where I was questioning. Well, where's this world going? What's the point? What's the purpose? I went through that, and then last year during the pandemic and just before, I began feeling that, and that was part of that depression. But I was really having those thoughts of, what's the point? After I started this program and I started to feel well. Then I recognized that I hadn't been feeling well. I hadn't been doing well emotionally. I was mentally off kilter and it all had to do with the the gut biodome and not being able to figure out how I was going to reset all of those the hormones that were causing me to feel like I was crazy, you know. And I do think that I was, you know, really mentally having a problem. And medications was not the answer. You know, resetting the food process of how my body was accepting things is how I changed things, or it changed for me.
1: Absolutely, and we're inflamed, right? We're inflamed with the news of 9-11. That was devastating. We're inflamed with the news of pandemics. We're inflamed with the news of politics. And this one's wrong, and this one's right. And then we're inflamed at the molecular level like we've never seen before All the lotions, the egg product just created so much um, that it's even hard to give ourselves a break and say, no, no, it, it's it's me. It's not the chemicals that are in the, yes, it is. Yes, it is those chemicals. Karen Total, now that you're d- out there doing yoga, which I love, right? Cause this is what I, this is like the progression of, of leveling up. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing yoga. What's next for you? So you're doing yoga. What, what, what's next in that level up journey? You
0: know, I haven't thought about it too much. I've started taking a, a friend of mine teaches dance class online. So I've started doing that, which is totally out of my comfort zone, but she, she kind of forces me to, to do that. You know, I I like scuba diving. I've been able to do that more and more easily. What I I think I really want to do is go skiing this winter. I haven't been able to fit in ski boots, you know, in like 10 years. So I think that that would be my big goal is to go skiing. I think that'd be wonderful. Then then
1: you meet and I... Erin and I love those slopes. If we get on there tomorrow, would, we'd be there. Except my yes. kids beat uh, me now, so it's more really
2: hard.
1: Yeah, if you can and tell, Aaron's the type of person that doesn't hug goodbye. She arm wrestles people. It's, it's just the way. It, it, it's it's just the way she shows love. She's like, come on, bring it in here, bring it in here, one one good one.
2: He's really exaggerating. He's really exaggerating. <laughs>
1: No, Aaron, you, you found fitness in your life, right? You were always athletic, but you truly found fitness. I yeah. would say to a dedication, you know, in the last ten years, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, just a different kind of fitness too, because I've been like a runner my entire life. But even with points when I wasn't healthy, I was still running, and it wasn't getting me anywhere, right? Like if I had ten pounds to lose, I I would run. I'd be able to run an hour and a half or an hour because I, that's just what I've done my whole life, but it wasn't helping. What I realized is that you don't have to expend so much energy during your workouts or your fitness routine so that you feel like you're going to collapse after. So, you know, to get out of the mindset of exercise is to just burn off whatever you ate the night before. It has to be a mindset of this makes me feel good. So, you know, for instance, I've just dedicated myself in, di- myself in different ways. And I think that probably answers your question. Yeah. Really. Like and- it's, it's like, yeah, this morning, I, if, it, if it was 15 years ago, I would run or do some sort of cardio every day. I don't do that anymore. I mean, not that I could it, like, I like, I enjoy it and I do do cardio, but this morning I did, you know, an hour of, of yoga with light weights. And I was, I wasn't panting out of breath or sweating like crazy, but it's so much better for me. And my joints feel so much better. And it's just, it's a different kind of dedication to fitness. It's not a dedication to torture, which I used to do. This is a dedication to fitness.
1: You mentioned a word there which i've been honing in on a lot lately and i didn't realize how much it's in our uh, vernacular now is the word burning so we say burning fat but we don't say burning protein we don't say burning carbohydrates we say burning fat because the marketing agencies are like well we wanted to to think you have to burn fat and if you have to burn fat then you need 400 hour treadmill you need to you know do all these fancy things to, to get you there. And, and that's what they've ingrained in us when really we're already burning, <laughs> you know, our world is burning, our insides are burning, we're already inflamed. That's the last thing we want to do. We want to convert fat to energy. So is what you just put it is the next day, actually, if you take it easier, and the day you ate bad, the next day you actually take it easier and just focus it on water and calming down the inflammation that the bad food caused you have a much better result and you're not actually making things worse, which was what we've been told, right? Oh, you had a bad weekend, then you should get to the, people would always say, I had a bad weekend, I can't wait to get to the gym on Monday. And actually all they did was create more inflammation and stress and more cravings and can't ever figure out, you know, why they got there. So I think we learned today that there were over 30,000 Karens born in 1965 and last year, just 325. (laughs) We learned that, Putting somebody and giving somebody this name is not a stereotype that is positive, and yet it could be a positive to wake us all up and say, you said you're not a Karen, but aren't you? Haven't you had some Karen moments, the way they define them, where you're talking to the manager about nonsense, or you're worrying about somebody else's business in the aisle because they took too many rolls of toilet paper, and you don't think that that's right? We're all sitting here inflamed, and maybe we could take a step back and Let's be kind to Karen Day. And by being kind to Karen Day means we would be kind to everybody, including ourselves. And so I am invoking a method for my team. We're going to come out with a Be Kind to Karen Day. We're going to take it national. And you're going to start by not just being helpful to your own Karens in your life, but being helpful to yourself. And so by being kind to a Karen, you're also being kind to yourself. Aaron, are you with me on the Be Kind to Karen Day?
2: As long as, yeah, you you emphasize the Karen, Aaron, be kind to Karen.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I had the Aaron in there? Yeah. Okay.
2: I am on board. I am totally on board. But see, the thing is, is like, I don't really feel like it's, I have to designate it because I love these two Karens. So
1: I, love these I would Karens have too. no
2: problem being kind to any Karen, especially if this is the kind of Karen I'm being nice to all the time. It's easy.
1: We are definitely going to change this stereotype. But anyway, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, You've inspired the Be Kind to Karen day. And uh, I appreciate you being part of the Better Health Movement.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Okay, Miss Erin.
2: Oh, I don't know. Are you going to ask me what I learned today? Because there's too many things that we don't have time for. No,
1: I can't ask. I can't have you answer your own question. That's crazy. I have to come up with another question. All right, go ahead. If you melt dry ice, can you swim without getting wet? <laughs> oh my
2: God. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was never a science person.
1: What do you call a pile of cats? Hmm. A meowton.
2: A what? <laughs> a meowton? <laughs> a meowton.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: That is That was a bad one. I
1: know. I know. I'm sorry. Well, uh, you, you, you didn't leave me with any words of wisdom. So. Uh,
2: my words of wisdom would, would just be, I, and I'm repeating myself, would just be, assume the best of people and assume the best of
1: yourself perfect assume the best i love it well thanks for listening everyone to the quacks and hypocontrics podcast i think we've learned that this inflamed world all has brought out the inner karen and not all karens are karens (laughs) right not sure about that if you like the show, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, to all the things that help us and help you find the show when the next episode comes out. And don't forget to visit our sponsor. Who's our sponsor again? Oh, that's right. BetterHealth.com, B-E-T-R-Health.com. This episode was edited and produced by EarFluence with Erin O'Hearn. I'm Dr. Bill Farrell. We'll see you next time on Quacks and Hypochondriacs Podcast. Hey there, listeners. Did you know we not only have an award-winning podcast, but we have an amazing blog to go with it? If you go over to BETRHealth.com and click on the blog button, you'll have access to recipes, member stories, food is medicine tips, and so much more. That's BETRHealth.com slash blog.